Support for this podcast comes from CityCast Denver. CityCast Denver is the daily local podcast that tackles stuff you've been wondering about Denver. Would a Denver Olympics be a good thing? Will the cost of housing ever come back down to earth? Is Casa Bonita still Casa Bonita if the food is tasty? Each morning, CityCast Denver brings you the hidden gems and unexpected discussions you actually want to hear. Plus, a dose of local news to get you up to speed. Hosted by lifelong Denverite Bree Davies, every episode of CityCast Denver is the local conversation you won't want to miss. Made by Denverites, for Denverites. Find CityCast Denver on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Underground at the Showcase, an official podcast of UMS, powered by Youth on Record. I'm Danny Acri here with Genevieve Glimp. Genevieve, how are you doing today? I'm so excited for UMS. We are recording all weekend at Mutiny Information Cafe on South Broadway with a number of artists who are performing at this year's festival. In this episode, we are joined by Anastasia of Ramakandra. Say what's up. What up? <laughs> <laughs> Ramakandra is comprised of four Denver musicians, Anastasia on pedal harp and vocals, Clay on bass, Eric Estrada on synth, and Nobody on drums. Ramakandra has provided direct support for acts such as Mind Design and Nappy Roots, along with playing major Colorado venues like the Bluebird and Red Rocks. We're going to listen to Ramakandra's tune, Haku, the Rum Tum remix. Here it is. Anastasia, welcome to UMS and our podcast. Thank you so much. How are you feeling about UMS? Oh my gosh, I'm feeling great. It's like a holiday. Everyone waits all year. We're like, oh my gosh, it's UMS Eve. <laughs> We're almost there. But yeah, I'm stoked. It's awesome. Very stoked. And when are you when are you playing this week? Uh, we are playing at the High Dive tomorrow at 10, I want to say, at 10 o'clock. I want to say it's at 10. And then tomorrow at the... Um, can't remember what stage it is, <laughs> but it's um, one of the outdoor stages at like 2 p.m. So yeah, yeah, on Sunday. So check it out. Yeah, let's Folks. go. So excited. Um, so we'll just hop right in. Yes, let's do it. So this is a this is a crazy question. I hope you're ready. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> if you had your own universe in the multiverse, what would you call it? What would I call it? Gosh. The Stasia-verse? This, <laughs> man, what a fascinating question. <laughs> I would call it the Rainbow House. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just made that up. I don't know, man. 
That's I wish the boys were here because they they have all these crazy. They had this crazy imagination with all these crazy like names they come up with. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Rainbow House is Rainbow sick. House multiverse. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and speaking of names, where does the name of your band come from? So Ramakandra is a Hindu deity. Um, it's pronounced Ramachandra in like the original text, but um, yeah, like he has his own sort of, he has like an entire anthology of like stories and like mythical lessons and stuff. And we actually saw, so the movie, The Matrix, I think it was the second one or the third one. There's a character called Ramachandra and he was so cool. And we were like, oh snap, that's dope. Let me look that up. And I don't know, it's pretty much like, He's pretty much like a crusader for good, even if through destruction. So it's like basically like a warrior for goodness, you know, and he has he has a whole huge like thousands of pages book books on him. So it's kind of hard to paraphrase that. But but yeah, that's basically what it is. That's awesome. Yeah. And so with Ramakandra, you built most of the reputation of the band off of just word of mouth alone, I feel like. Yes. And how did how did you guys manage to do that? Did you have this community already or did you build it through playing live? So, well, by the way, so I'm sorry if, if anyone's listening, if the boys are listening, I'm sorry that you guys could not make it. But I'll see you guys soon, though. <laughs> but um, anyways, we we did just start basically word of mouth like we just started playing shows and we have a lot of musician friends in town who kind of rooted for us from the beginning and they they let us like play at their parties and stuff and yeah I guess we just kept going which follow your dreams everybody (laughs) (laughs) there's no there's no telling where you'll end up thank you (laughs) (laughs) thanks uh you describe your sound as a band as kind of cosmic and otherworldly um, what are some of your influences? It's, oh my gosh, it's so many different things. A lot of it's like contemporary jazz and, and electronic jazz, like Flying Lotus and, you know, Chris Dave and all that, that kind of like contemporary, Robert Glasper, all that kind of stuff. And then we have influences from like Tool and Primus and that kind of stuff and classical stuff obviously and um yeah it's just it's a huge variety of of different things it's kind of hard to to, you know pinpoint it into one like group of stuff but I would say it's like a fusion contemporary jazzy kind of thing definitely and I know you guys opened for Kamazi yes Washington oh man which is you know one of the greatest composers of oh, yeah. our generation, or this just in general, Definitely. who's alive right now. Yeah. How was that experience? It was amazing. And all those guys are really sweet. They're like very supportive, great homies. And I'm glad that we got to make that happen here in town. And yeah, and I, I really think that crowd of people, that sort of audience was receptive to, you know, the blend of music that we play which was refreshing because it's difficult to find, you know, it's difficult to find shows with acts that are like really in alignment 
and they don't really come around often into into Denver if there mm. if there are acts like that. So when he was coming, I was like, "Yo, we gotta do this." Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I was meaning to go to that show, but I actually had a oh. show that night, oh, and snap. I was so sad. I was Dang. like, I should have been at Kamasi Washington. No, no, you're do your thing. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Dang. And uh, what, in your opinion, is unique or special about the Denver music scene? Like, what do you think? Because I think mm-hmm. everyone's so supportive of each other. Yes. What do you think is... Well, one thing I have noticed is that there's a lot of individual musicians and groups pushing the boundaries of things and like people who are staying true to what inspires them, you know, and you don't really find that in this region. Like maybe if you were like in New York or whatever, like you definitely hear a lot of that. But outside of Denver, it's kind of like a cookie cutter kind of vibe where you just hear the same things and it's packaged in the same way. And like all the people who listen to it are the same kind of people. Mm-hmm. No offense to everybody. But yeah, there's a lot of people here who they're just really trying to be original and like give their own unique flavor, which which I appreciate. And I think that's that's the whole purpose of art, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. And s- speaking of... I guess, originality. You are a harpist. Yes. And um, (laughs) that's really cool. Um, Were there any famous harpists that inspired you at all? Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started. (laughs) Don't let me know. We want you to get started. started. How many hours do you have? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, well, there's a couple in, in particular. Obviously, Dorothy Ashby, which is, like, most famous black jazz harpist in history. So learn up on that if you don't know her. And then um, and then there's like classical harpists. I don't want to butcher her name. Naoko Yoshino. Yoshino? Sorry if you heard this. You probably won't hear this. But, but yeah, she's like a Japanese harpist. But, oh, and then there's a harpist named Joanna Newsom. She's like a folk harpist. Yeah, she's definitely one of my favorites. And um, Michaela Davis... And Brandy Younger, obviously, and a good friend of mine, great lady. Gosh, I feel messed up because <laughs> I know like a ton of them. But, but Dorothy Ashby probably is like the first one I saw where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I can do that. I'm going to do that, too. <laughs> and it's going to be really cool. And I don't have to like play. I don't have to be this way that people are expecting me to be, but I can still play this instrument. So that would probably be my number one. Yeah. How... Yeah, how was it taking care of like a harp? Is it does it take a lot of maintenance? It does actually. I I probably based on the, my like habits, I probably shouldn't play the harp. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm glad I don't have kids because I don't. It would be like a disaster. It's like <laughs> a, a huge, massive wooden child that's like temperamental and like constantly breaking strings and like I gotta get this for that I've gotta get this something broke I gotta get this new thing because now like you can't hear this on stage so I have to buy this and like it's it's pretty <laughs> intense a whole set of string costs like a set of strings costs like $800 for a oh, full man. set yeah it's intense but when I first started I was like you know what I'm gonna commit to this no matter what i have to do i'm gonna do it no matter what so here i am 
doing pretty well, I'd say. I think so. So far. I so. So. <laughs> <laughs> it better be. <laughs> um, so your live shows are crazy. And how, it, how does like the internal chemistry of the band affect the way you guys play? Because um, the way like it's jazz. So you guys go up there and it's you're doing your each individual thing, mm-hmm. but it somehow loops together as this like sonic, just wow. totally put together sound. How does that how does that chemistry between you guys like happen? Well, we spend a lot of time practicing together and we spend it's kind of funny. We spend a lot of time rehearsing in our drummer's house and he has no air conditioning. <laughs> And like, is <laughs> hot is all heck in there, and and it's, it basically, I, I hate to be so cut and dry. Like practice makes perfect, but but you know, like the more you play, especially if you come in with the expectation of listening and like conversing with your instrument, you know, and having the same sort of intention for what you're trying to do, it's naturally it's its own entity, mm-hmm. and the four of us are patient and like willing to listen to what's sort of like the, we have this collective vision and it kind of like it's like presses on us you know and if we weren't if we weren't um open to like listen to it and then like try to like push it forward it wouldn't really be working anymore totally. <laughs> or it never would have worked i think how did you guys find each other because i feel like sometimes it's difficult to find other people who share that same vision. Oh yeah, definitely. It was funny. So I I used to play on 16th Street, just like busking. And I met Clay because he works at a sushi, he's a sushi chef down there. And he was walking by and he was like, I don't have any money to give you, but I can give you some sushi if you want. I was like, heck yeah, I definitely want <laughs> some sushi. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, I was sitting at his sushi bar and he was like, yeah, you, you, you're great. Like I play the bass. And at first I was like, all right, well, leave me alone because I'm trying to eat and I don't <laughs> want to hear about you. But then like he showed me some of the stuff he's done and like we were talking about, you know, our, our common influences and stuff. And I was like, hmm, OK. And it turned out that he played in a reggae group with Tree. I mean, nobody, our drummer. And he, they were like, we should start a group together. And I was so shy. I was like, this is like the first band I've ever been in. So I was like, oh my gosh. And there was, (laughs) so the day that we were supposed to play for the first time, I was like texting them like, okay, guys, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. (laughs) And then like two hours later, I just like, I had all my stuff in the car and I was so nervous that I just didn't show up. I just straight up didn't show up. (laughs) But luckily we tried it again. And Eric, so he's Tree's close friend and... They were also playing in a group together. And so, well, we, we decided to have a fourth member. We tried out a couple of different people and it was just like, not really feeling it. And um, I saw Eric the day, a couple of days, like before we were talking, he was like, oh, I have this guy, he's pretty dope. I saw him a couple of days in the, like on the street randomly. And I was like, that person looks familiar, <laughs> but it turned out to be the guy that nobody was talking about. And so, <laughs> so yeah, like we gave him some recordings like of our old stuff and, and he like kind of made some, some ideas to it. And the very first time we played all the four of us, it was like, holy cow, this is amazing. This is it right here. 
It's awesome. Great origin story. Yeah, truly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, what classic album influences your guys's work the most that's a difficult one like it could be a jazz one it could be like something like just the idea alone the idea like man for some reason i just think flying lotus like really any of his older stuff like cosmo grandma Mm -hmm. yeah that's Mm -hmm. what i thought of immediately (laughs) yeah just because it's like the different like electronic and acoustic stuff and the whole like hip-hop, jazz, electronic, and classical fusion. I wouldn't say that that's, like, the one one thing that, like, influences us. But if there was an artist that I would say, like, if you like this artist and you like this, I would say Flying Lotus for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And what's your favorite... Um, so do you write the lyrics, actually? Yes, yes. Okay, so what is your favorite lyric that um, you've written from uh, the album? Gosh, no one ever asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> I spend so much time, I'm like, does anybody care about this? <laughs> we care. Wow, thanks, guys. Let's see. So, well, okay, I'm stoked. I get to pick a lyric. <laughs> <laughs> it could be multiples if you want. Wow, okay. So the, we have a new song called Mochi Megazord that's... Not currently out, but it's going to be on our next record, which is going to be coming out sometime next year. The first lines are, well, before I say it, let me preface it with with what it's about. It's about a huge monster, basically. It's about like, you know, kind of like Godzilla and like the massive monsters that he battles. But it's like a Megazord battling some some imagined creature that we came up with. But for some reason, I kept seeing it as like this like watery, mossy giant that just like comes up from the water and then they're like fighting and it's cool. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so the first lyric is great, great mountain possessor eating opal clouds to sweat your petrichor essence, brave moss and bone collector seeping through the shroud of shapeless blue dream presence. And like, that was the first one I wrote when I was like, there he is, there's the monster. I feel him. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank wow, you. that's very descriptive. It's very poetic. It's poetry. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Since you guys have experience under your belt, um, what advice would you give to a younger artist who's just starting out? Or even a young band, maybe I should yeah, say. Yeah, either way. Um, I would say don't be afraid to be yourself. And like, if there's something particular that inspires you or that like makes you feel excited, even though it's not what maybe is, is expected of you or people around you are doing or like what success what could be successful or not so like if there's something you're feeling then like you absolutely should take it on like 100% if you can at any point because those things that make you different and unique are the things that first of all somebody who somebody out there might see themselves in you and you might like really make a difference for them and inspire them to to live their truth you know and second of all that's that's what makes art what it is, you know, people's differences. 
and similarities too but but and if you want to do something that's like super you know you've seen it a million times and it's like your parents told you to do this and you should probably do this and this and this then like that if that excites you then then you should do that you should definitely do that (laughs) that's great that's great advice (laughs) how what is your songwriting process for you personally like how do your lyrics how are they born well with the band so we write because I play different instruments and sing and write the lyrics. Some a lot of the times I can't really envision the the lyrics and the singing and stuff until the musical part is done and because it's like super dense. We pretty much write the music first and it's like a collective effort for for Ramakandra. And we have like different snippets that we'll come up with like a little, you know, part and then we'll jam on it all together. And then, or sometimes we'll just like, like every practice we'll start with just like, just messing around and just like someone comes up with something cool and we'll just like sit on that for a while. And we record a lot of stuff and we like look back at it like, oh, that was dope. Like, let's try that again. Um, so once we have the structures kind of more so together as like a skeleton, then I can understand a logical way to like put the vocals as in a complementary way, you know, because it's not like totally vocally, lyrically based music, you know, it's like all a fusion of all, all of our minds together. So, but for me personally, when I'm playing the harp and if I'm like coming up with a part to bring to the boys, something will just come either like a pattern or a rhythm or like a melody or something that I just, I just naturally want to play all the time. I'll just like keep playing it. And then I'll be like basically compounding it until I'm like, this is dope. I'm going to bring this to the boys and see like, they're going to love this, you know? And, but then with lyrics, not to be long winded or anything, but with <laughs> lyrics, um, I, I like, I just keep like a notepad on my phone or like a physical notepad and I will like if I see words that are like jump out at me or like make me think of something that's like I feel inspired by it I guess I'll just write it down and so I have like a million little pieces and somehow it's really weird like I'll be looking through and I'm like okay it's time for me to like get this going certain little pieces will match in terms of feeling and then I'll work on like the rhyming and the weight and all that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, <clears throat> slowly, it comes together slowly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, how is it, like, recording these songs that you've written? Because, like, Ramakandra is very jazz influenced. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you go in there? Like, do you just do, like, a million takes? And then you're like, oh, that one had a cool solo on it. Let's put that one in there. Or... How do you, like, translate this very live um, band aspect into recording? Well, so a lot of the parts, there's, like, a small amount of improvisation included in, like, each song. There aren't, there are a few parts where it's, like, a solo, quote-unquote, but but it's a lot of the parts from each member are actually the same, like, every single time. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of like hammer it in, just play them over and over and over. And there's a lot of detail. So it's like, we have to, we just have to practice a lot so that when we get into the studio, we'll just do like a scratch. Basically, we'll just like run through the whole tune. And then sometimes we'll keep 
the sections from the scratch and then we'll basically go sometimes well it's kind of difficult because our last set of songs the tempos were kind of changing and there's like these different transitional periods that live it's like it sounds very lit but in a studio like it has to be perfectly together so we'll do mm-hmm. like one section at a time and like kind of pace them together but this newer stuff we have it's just like all the way through just record it and the goal is like a few takes or less totally because you know? the more you do it the less it sounds like what you were trying to do you know mm-hmm. in a recording anyway and how often do you guys like rehearse we rehearse twice a week um sometimes three but it's like five or six hours Mm-hmm. Every single Wednesday, Thursday, never fails. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for for being on here. Uh, of course. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where we can find Ramakandra or your stuff at? Yes. So we have stuff on pretty much any streaming platform like Spotify, Apple Music, and you know all that stuff. And um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. Um, and we have a new record coming out soon. Not sure when, but um, we're going to be going to LA to record that soon. The boys have some side projects, Dreamcast and Dead Eye Dojo. They, they're about to release some stuff too. I don't think it's out quite yet. And then my stuff, yeah, it's not even close to being coming out. So I'm not <laughs> even going to speak on that. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, um, Anastasia. Thank you so much for joining us on Underground at the Showcase. Thank you. Thank cool. you for it's your honor wisdom. to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck at the shows. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. Underground at the Showcase is an official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase and a production of Youth on Record. You can learn more about Youth on Record at youthonrecord.org and on social media at Youth on Record. You can stream our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Our team includes Lauren Francisco, Sean King, and Tierney Worthen. This episode was edited and mixed by Akello Stallings. Our executive producers are July Jones and David Layden. Additional music for this episode was provided by 88. We want to give a big thanks to Mutiny Information Cafe for hosting us. You can learn more about Mutiny at mutinyinfocafe.com. Thank you for tuning into the show. I'm Danny Akery. And I'm Genevieve Glimp, and you are listening to Underground the Showcase. <laughs>